You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we are talking to John Sanmez of the Bulldog Mindset. He's got over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. He talks about dating. He talks about being a guy who is more stoic and less of a victim. So taking out the emotional aspect of things, looking at things more logically, something I truly believe in and try to preach as much as I can on this podcast. That's why I wanted to interview him. And that's why we are talking to him today, all about how to be more stoic, even more manly in a sense. And if you are going to be learning these principles and the foundation of what it means to be more stoic, you are going to be successful in more areas of your life than just dating, my friend. It's going to help out tremendously. So I interview him. We talk all about this. And I think that you're going to get a lot out of it and just develop into a better human in general. You're going to love it. I just wanted to give you some updates also. I really appreciate people who have been leaving reviews on the podcast, specifically on iTunes. I want to thank anyone who has been recommending the podcast to their friends. I keep hearing that. You're going to hear on the next episode, I take a question from a guy who says he got the podcast recommended. It means so much to me when you guys do that. And I thank you for it. I know you're not doing it for me. You're doing it because you want to share it with someone because you like the information. But still, it is a thank you to me. So thank you. Thanks for all who leave reviews, who share the podcast. Just really helps out spread the word. This podcast is becoming bigger and bigger every day. I see the download numbers coming in. That means we're reaching more people, which is a good thing. That's what we're trying to do here. The mission is to make as many amazing men as possible. And that all starts with you. Yes, you, the one who is listening. So thank you again. If you are in need of help, if you feel like podcasts aren't doing it for you or the overwhelming amount of podcasts there are, not just on my channel, but on other people's, it's just, it's too much. It's crazy. And, but you feel like you need help and you need help now and you don't want to sift through all these podcasts. Go to coachedbytrip.com. That is where you can apply to work with me if you need coaching. I get on the phone with a lot of guys who say, you know, Trip, it's crazy. I've never done this before. And it's like, well, no one's done this before. Okay. It's not a very common thing. In fact, I don't think anyone has done much coaching outside of maybe going to a therapist. I wouldn't consider that coaching, but it's sort of similar. But if you want to get even more similar, it's like people getting a fitness trainer. That'd be more common. But yes, it is helpful to get coaching in all different areas of your life where you are trying to succeed. Maybe you've gotten career coaching before. Maybe you've gotten investment coaching before. Well, now we're talking about dating coaching and attraction coaching and helping you get to the point where you're meeting more women than you can actually handle. And yes, I truly mean that. So if you need help, go to coachedbytrip.com and apply. And you and I will get on the phone. We'll talk about your situation. I'll tell you how coaching works. We'll see if it's a good fit for you. And then we'll go from there. If you want to see what coaching is like and the kind of results guys have gotten from, then go to coachedbytrip.com. Scroll down to the middle of the page. Check out those testimonials. Of course, they are 100% real. They are from guys who I have coached and have gotten amazing results. And you can too. So if you're looking to get better with women, attract more women, well, here's your chance. Coachedbytrip.com. Let's do it. 
All right. You want to learn about what it means to be more stoic. You might not even know what that means. You're about to find out. Here's my interview with John. Hey, John, how's it going? Good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, glad to be here, Trip. Yeah, absolutely. So you are from the Bulldog Mindset. That's what you call your your channel. Do you have a podcast as well or just a YouTube channel? Yeah, so I have a podcast, but it's really just the audio from the YouTube channel. Okay, got it. So it's kind of all in the same in the same place. Why don't you tell the guys who you are and how you got started into what you do and what you talk about? Sure. Yeah, so I'm John Sanmez from Bulldog Mindset and I really teach men how to be men. Basically, the bulldog mindset is the opposite of the victim mindset. I feel like today in society, men have become really weak and there's almost this congratulations given for whoever can be the biggest victim in life. And so I teach men you know, from a stoic sort of frame on how to be more masculine and how to get what they want out of life, really, you know, by improving themselves, whether that be building a business and becoming financially successful, getting in shape, and then, of course, on the dating side, but being able to you know, develop a high degree of emotional mastery and to have success that way, you know, not by using kind of what you'd call maybe pickup artist techniques, but to actually be the guy that is of high value. So how did you get into this? Like, How did you develop some of these ideas and, and start teaching them? Yeah, so really, it came from me not having those ideas, right? So me being the opposite of that, I grew up really shy, very introverted. I had the victim mindset. You know, I used to think that you know, life was happening to me instead of life happening for me. And you know, I was a software developer, and I just you know, came from that whole nerdy very unsuccessful with girls type of frame. And I got into personal development. I started building my own business and started reading a lot of marketing books and read How to Win Friends and Influence People, I think was one of the pivotal books that changed my life. Books like Psycho-Cybernetics. And, you know, and as I started to grow myself, and, and you know, I hit this point where I kind of developed myself from a personal perspective, but I still had this, you know, this feeling where I was like, you know, I see other guys and, and, and they're men, but I don't really feel like a man, you know? And so I sort of really dove into that, into really studying masculinity and, and really doing a lot of personal development on myself, a lot of introspection. And I was able to become the guy that I wanted to become the guy that, you know, that I had envied. And so on that journey, you know, one of the things that I have always done in life is share what I'm learning with others. And, and so that sort of became the, the focus was to to share this, to realize or to help other men realize that when they shed that victim mindset, that you know they they can actually become very successful in life. And that a lot of it is is really the frame that you have and the way that you look at things in life and not the circumstances that you're dealt. So when you say stoic mindset, what do you mean by that exactly? Explain that to the guys listening. Yeah. So you know stoicism is a ancient kind of Roman philosophy that basically says that you can't control the external world and environment and you need to be able to master your emotions and to not be dependent on external things that you can't control and instead have an internal locus of control. 
And so, you know, the, this, the whole Stoic philosophy is all about building inner strength and, you know, becoming the kind of person that it doesn't matter if you are living poor in the street or if you're living in a palace, that you control your internal state and you can be happy, or, you know, as the Stoics would call it, that you could have tranquility regardless of your circumstances. So it's really being immune to your circumstances and instead having an inner strength. So I teach men that because I, I believe that that is one of the main things that makes someone masculine is their ability to lead, to, you know, take control of their, their mind and, you know, to have a high degree of emotional mastery, not to be emotional uh, or not to let emotions control you. And so that's really what it comes from is, is this idea of you're not a victim. Life is unfair, but you, you know, you can choose how you're going to interpret events in life and, and to make the best of it. And that you don't need other people. You don't need external validation. You don't need anything outside of yourself in order to really be happy or fulfilled in life. So when people are coming to you with victim mentality, like what's some of the things that people say to you that makes them really show that they are in that victim mentality and, and looking at external factors? Yeah, you know, the biggest one that I see, especially, you know, in the dating spaces, and it's especially gotten popular today is this kind of doomer or black pill, as they call it, type of mentality where guys will say, I'm not a Chad. I'm not six foot feet tall. I don't have the perfect jawline. Therefore, no one will be interested in me and I can't be successful and it's not my fault. And so a lot of guys come from that, that idea of, of thinking that they have to be, that it's only looks that matter. And that if they don't have that, then, well, tough luck. It's not their fault and there's nothing they can do about it. Okay. Okay. Got it. And then what's your rebuttal to them when they say that to you? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few different things that I say. I mean, you know, obviously like, like you, you and I both know that looks matter, but they're not the only thing that matters. Right. And even that can be improved and that it doesn't really matter what the, you know, there's no point in getting upset at the configuration of the board. I know life is like a game of chess and it's like, you can get mad that you're not in an advantageous position on the board, but really the focus you need to have is what is the next best move that you can make? And so that's really the, the frame I look at it from is, you know, how can you take the circumstances that you're dealt in life and how can you use this to make yourself stronger? And then how can you actually make the best move kind of emotionally detached from where you are? Because it doesn't matter. You can be upset about things and you can feel like you have been dealt a bad hand, but none of that stuff matters. It only matters what actions that you take. So I try to change the focus from being sorry for yourself instead to, okay, well, given my circumstances, where I am right now, you know, I call it kind of like playing the ball where it lies. What can I do to actually improve myself and get the best possible results that I can? Got it. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have any like systems or techniques or any mindsets that you give to guys? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few things uh, I, I'd say. So one of them, kind of one of the common things that, that guys complain about as far as meeting women is that if they go and talk to a girl that they're attracted to, right, then what's going to happen is she's going to reject them and then they're going to become even less confident than they were before. And so my whole thing about that is, is to say that, you know, my goal, especially when I'm coaching guys is to say, 
all right, I just want you to put yourself in the uncomfortable situation and endure it. And if you do that, you win. That becomes a win. Not getting the phone number, not getting laid, not any of those things. Those things are great and, and those things will come. But the most important thing to do is to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation because if you can do that, if you have the courage to do that, then you will grow. And if you continue doing things that are outside of your comfort zone, you'll continue to grow. And that really should be the focus. And so by making that the focus and making that the win, then you can win every time. Whereas if your focus is, oh, I got to get this girl's number or, or this girl needs to be interested in me, then that's, that's again, looking at from a stoic perspective, those are things that you can't control. They're outside of your, your direct control. But going up and approaching, going and putting yourself in the uncomfortable situation, those are things that you absolutely can control. And so every time you do that, you win. Right. Exactly. So what do you t- say to the guy who says like, oh, it hurts so bad to get rejected. I hate getting rejected. It just sucks. There's a couple of things. I, w- one of the things I, I really like to do is to reinterpret things and to change the frame, right? So you could look at it as, oh, I hate being rejected. Being rejected sucks. Or you could look at it as, wow, this is great. This is an opportunity for me to grow stronger. Like every time that I get rejected and I become more resilient, I'm, I'm growing. I'm, I have the ability to endure yet another thing in life. And, you know, and so you can see that as a positive. You can say, wow, this is great. In fact, I hope this girl throws a drink in my face. Won't that be great? Cause then I'll, <laughs> you know, even though that hardly ever happens, but won't that be great if I get a harsh rejection? Because that will actually make me stronger. That will give me an even greater amount of growth. The other way I like to frame it too is that really the only person who can reject you is yourself, right? We see things as rejection, but it's not really rejection. It may just be circumstances don't line up. It may be that you're expressing an interest. The other person is expressing an interest back. That doesn't flat out mean a rejection. You know, it's, it's just you know, a situation, right? I think when we interpret things as rejection, we make things personal that aren't personal, right? I think that's, that's really, really the key is not to, to see that and, and to just let it roll off of you, right? So, you know, you can interpret something as a rejection or you can interpret it as, as, it, as something else. But really, you know, like I said, they, I think the only person who can reject you is yourself. I like that. I like that. And I agree with that too. That's very true. That's very true. I feel like the rejection only happens if you're the one who's not continuing to go forward and move forward and grow, right? Exactly. Very cool. So let's talk about maybe your past a little bit. What were some things that you had to overcome yourself? Like where you or any stories or anything that happened to you when you were just trying to figure all this stuff out? Yeah. So what, what, I mean, did you have victim mindset when you were younger? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was extremely shy. I, you know, I was afraid to even just talk to people in general that I didn't know. I remember as a kid, my parents used to have to make doctor's appointments for me because I didn't want to get on the phone and talk to someone because I was afraid and, and shy and, and fear really ruled my life. And I got to actually this point in life where I was I was afraid of a lot of things. I was afraid to fly in airplanes. I was afraid to go on roller coasters. And and fear was starting to take over so much of my life. And then I realized that, you know, you can't control fear. Fear is a emotion that really, you know, originates from the hind part of your brain, from your hind brain, and it's not within your control. But the thing that that you could control is courage. You can always choose to have courage. 
And I kept on waiting for fear to go away. I kept on thinking that if I improved my circumstances, then eventually, you know, my fear would, would disappear, but it never did. It only took more and more of my life until, you know, one day when I, I switched directions and I decided that I could just choose to have courage at any time. And, you know, that made all the difference in life. I started doing things that made me feel uncomfortable because they made me feel uncomfortable. And that's where I really started to find that, you know, I, these labels, you know, introverted or shy, those aren't necessarily true. Those are just what, how I'm acting at that particular time. And I was able to create a new identity for myself, whoever I wanted to be in, in to act in that manner. And, and that really changed, you know, my entire life. Pretty powerful too, right? Once you got to that point. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's crazy, you know. I've got some before and after pictures. You know, I, I was this overweight, dorky, very shy-looking guy, and then I was able to completely transform my life. You know, everything from financially to physically, with dating life and, and emotionally, and uh, and it was just you know understanding those a few of those key concepts and and applying it to my life that that made all the difference. And so it's like you know. I think a lot of times I talk to guys and they're like, well, you don't understand. You don't know what it's like. You know, you're the successful guy. You're good looking. You have whatever it is. You, you don't have problems talking to people. And, you know, I do because I, I remember what it was like. And, you know, anyone can, can make a transformation, but they have to change the mindset first. Yep, totally. That's where it all starts. Let's talk about that for a second. Some of these guys in the Black Pill community, maybe describe it again, what the Black Pill community is. Yeah, so the Black Pill community is kind of, you know, it kind of originates from this whole, if you're familiar with the, the Matrix, you know, there was the, the red pill and the blue pill, right? So there, there's kind of this, and, and this really kind of branched off from, I think from the pickup community was, was these guys said, okay, well, you know, these things that we're learning about the nature of women, like hypergamy and and just how women are attracted to men and, and, and some of these things that are, are not really the, the truths that you want to hear, that became really was the red pill, which is like, these are the, the truths that you don't want to hear about the nature of women. And then kind of from that came this idea of this, this black pill, which is this kind of doomer mentality of saying that, well, because these things, because women are just attracted to men based on, on these geometric features of your face and, and how tall you are and in all these things that if you don't have these things and you don't have a shot it's you know black pill is kind of like saying these are the really harsh truths of life and we embrace these things the problem with that philosophy is that it's flawed because it's based on incorrect information first of all in the sense that it's not just looks it's it's that's an easy thing for you to say if you don't want to work on yourself and, and you just want to give up and, and it be not your fault. So really, I, I'd say the black pill philosophy is life sucks and it's not my fault and there's nothing I can do about it, right? And so I, I try to combat that because that's, it's such a dangerous philosophy and a lot of young guys get trapped in this and, you know, and a lot of them actually become suicidal because of this because they, they lose hope. They could sort of have this nihilistic view of the world that everything is meaningless and that there's no hope. And you know, living that way is is a horrible way to live your life. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, I do, I do think some of the things they say in the red pill community do make sense, and just in terms of attraction, like what women are attracted to. It, but it, it depends. Like some things I do, some things I don't. Like, for example, 
against the red pill, right? So it's like if you're like a really attractive man who's very wealthy, but you just have no charisma whatsoever, I really don't think you're going to go too far. So that's kind of against what I believe they say. But in some cases, you know, I do believe that women are attracted to the things that they talk about, right? The things of, yeah, they're attracted to a guy who is good looking, who, who does make a lot of money, who is charismatic. They are attracted to that and they do want tall guys. However, one of the things that I preach, and it sounds like you're doing the same thing here, is that while women are interested in those things, even though they might not admit it, but even a lot do, you can still override that and still get a, a very attractive woman, someone that you're very interested in. So... Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I mean, even just picking on, on one of those things, you know, the, the money aspect of things, I consider money to be a multiplier, right? And it's like a lot, a lot of guys think that, well, if I just had money, well, no, if you just had money, that would make you a bigger mark, right? You know, if you, if you have no game or, you know, no charisma or social skills, then money is going to be a detriment to you because, yeah, you're going to get taken advantage of, you know, one of the questions I always ask guys is, would you like a woman to allow you to have sex with her or want to have sex with you? Because there's a huge difference in the quality of, of that experience. And so if you equate everything to, to just these, these simple dynamics, uh, then, then you're going to be always in the first camp of, of yeah, maybe you can, you can get women based on these, these attributes that you have because they want a guy that has those attributes, but they're not really going to want you. And so, you know, developing your, your charisma, your personality, your game, you know, whatever you want to label it is, is really important because then you're actually going to be the man that you represent and, and, and the man that a woman would actually be attracted to on a deeper level. Yeah, I, I break it down to inner and outer qualities. So that's the, the way I have sort of systematized it. It's like you work on your inner qualities, which is what we're talking about here, your behavior, your charisma the way that you act with the woman, your personality. But then there's the outer qualities, your money, your looks, your status, your lifestyle. And I do believe that guys should be working on all of them. It's like you want to work on all of it, right? It's all going to help you. And first of all, you want to be working on your outer qualities, but not doing it for women. Ideally, you're doing it for yourself. So you're building up these outer qualities so you can have an awesome life, so you can have money that allows you access to new things that you wouldn't have access to before. So you have friends, you have a good peer group that builds your self-esteem so that you have a lifestyle that you enjoy and hobbies that you can do and, and time to do them, right? So And a career that makes you feel of purpose and also builds your self-esteem. So you, you do want to build those outer qualities. Just don't do it for women, but just know that it will help an attraction. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think a lot of guys have the wrong focus on it. They they do all these things to attract women, and that's you know that's seeking that external validation. And even if you do, you're not going to feel fulfilled in life because it's a hedonistic, you know, treadmill. Like you're you're never going to get off. No matter how much you get, you're going to be still lacking because you're trying to fill a void within yourself by getting validation from from women or other people. And when you switch it and, and you start doing it for yourself. Then you know things change around. Then then you can actually become fulfilled from what you're doing. And then also, I think also, no woman wants a man to make her the center of his life. She wants to be second. You know, she she wants his mission to come first. She wants him to be a man that has a purpose and is is driving towards something. 
instead of a guy that's just doing everything for her. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm looking at also your website and you look very different. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, you were overweight, it looks like. It looks like you had some acne issues. And now you're, looks like you could train for a bodybuilding competition. How did you get to that point? Like, what did you have to do to make those shifts? Yeah. So, I mean, you literally went from like a four to a, to a, I want to say like a solid nine here. It was a long journey, right? I mean, there's a lot of what I'd say is breakthroughs. It, nothing happened all at once. You know, there, there was a moment I remember in my life though, where I went to the, the store to buy size 46 pants because my size 44s didn't fit me. And that was the, the moment where I had to say, Hey, John, you're fat. <laughs> it's not just you have a little bit of extra weight. It's like you're a fat ass, you know, <laughs> because I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, Yeah, you know, it just got a little bit of a, and I realized, you know, I had this kind of awakening, this come to Jesus moment. And I was like, the thing is, and, and, and I, I kind of have this theory that like everybody thinks that someday they're going to be a rock star, right? It's this whole idea that someday we're, we're going to be successful. Someday we're going to be rich. Someday we're going to be famous. And we sort of treat this life as kind of a dress rehearsal for our real life that's coming. And, and I realized I had to slap myself and, and wake up and say, hey, John, you know, all the things that you want in life, right? All these things, these dreams that you have, you're not on the path to get them. You know, if you honestly look at yourself, you know, where are you in, in life and, and what do you need if you actually want to live this life? And you only got one shot. So it was kind of a real wake up call for me. And, and I started making immediate changes in my life. You know, I, I said that, you know, I could see, you know, the two paths in life that I was going to go. I was going to continue down the path that I was and I was going to, you know, live a mediocre life at best or I could make changes and I could still get on the path that I wanted to. And so, you know, that really lit a fire in me. And then, and then a lot of the, you know, you can see the external changes, you know, obviously, but most of the changes that happen, happen internally. And I believe that your external is a reflection of your internal, right? And so if you change that, that internal, the external changes as well. And so when I went through, you know, and, and I, I read a lot of books, probably like 70 books a year, read a lot of books in personal development, really How do you just read started. 70 books a year. Yeah. So mostly, and, and I've stopped running now temporarily, but I had been running marathons. And so I'd run something like 50, 60 miles a week. And while I'm running, I'll be listening to audiobooks on 3x speed. And so I get through, you know, one or two books a, a week, you know, usually two books a week. And, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's how I managed to do it. Wow. Crazy. Okay. Anyways, continue. But, um, but yeah, so that, I mean, that was, was the big thing is that I, a lot of that, you know, I remember also one thing that was pivotal for me was I went to this Tony Robbins seminar and I didn't really know much about Tony Robbins. I read his book, Awaken the Giant, and I thought it was, was good, but on a whim, I, I kind of went to the seminar and I'm a very logical, or I was a very logical and, and mathematical person, you know, being a software developer. And so I got to the seminar and I had my laptop. I was like, okay, I'm ready to do some personal development, take some notes. And when I get there, like, you know, everyone's dancing <laughs> and singing and like hugging people. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this, this crazy, you know, new age type of. So I was getting ready to leave, but I stuck around and I'm glad I did because 
it, it was such a life changing experience. I think you know one of the most pivotal things that I heard Tony had said on the stage, with re- which really hit me, was he said, "The quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you could comfortably live with." And I realized that I was closing myself off to a lot of life. That I was really trying to build certainty in my life, financial certainty, you know, security from a physical standpoint, emotional security, right? And I built this wall around myself. And so, um, you know, after that, I, I kind of made this, this pledge to myself, which was that I was going to start taking risks and I was going to stop trying to control everything. And I said two things that, that really stuck with me. I think, you know, two of my main philosophies in life that I kind of developed from that, which is one, I'm not going to put expectations on other people and I'm not going to allow them to put expectations on me. And then the second one was that I'm going to live my life and accept whatever consequences come from from doing what I want to do. And those two things really, really changed the course of my life dramatically. Damn, that's powerful. I really like what you said there too. Repeat it with the happiness is directly related or is directly proportional to the amount of uncertainty you are willing to handle. Basically, yeah. yeah. The quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably live with. You can comfortably live with. That's so cool. I mean, it's really true. It really, you know what that says to me? It's, it's, it's almost synonymous with living in the moment, right? Because exactly. if you're living in the moment, you're not thinking about the where you're going to go and how much money you're going to have eventually. And if you'll have a girlfriend and if you'll do this and that, because that's keeping you in the future maybe even in the past as well, right? So remaining in the moment and doing that as best as you can, that helps deal with the uncertainty because you don't care what's certain, what's not certain. You're just working on today and the moment in front of you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is really, you know, it's what I call non-attachment, but it's also acceptance, right? It's saying that, you know, whatever happens, happens. And whatever it is, I'm going to accept it and deal with it instead of trying to fight against it, right? I think a lot of people spend their lives complaining and fighting against reality when the best thing that you can possibly do is to accept it. And once you kind of have this attitude of acceptance, then especially, you know, if, if we talk about is, as far as dealing with women and, and dating, your life becomes a lot easier because then you don't say, well, I hope this girl texts me back or you're worried about, did I say the right thing? Did I do the right thing? You know, obviously you still need to have some level of, of social skills and you should develop those social skills. But ultimately, when you can let go and you can say, you know, I'm, I'm happy with whatever outcome comes, right? If she texts me back, that's great. That'd be awesome. If she doesn't, that's also great. I, you know, I, I'm living a good life already and I can accept that. And uh, once, once you start applying that, life becomes so much easier because you can kind of be excited because whatever comes, you're going to be happy with. And again, that kind of ties right back into Stoic philosophy of, of this idea of, you know, of accepting whatever comes, not fighting against it. Right, exactly. Any tips for being able to do that? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing in, and really that, that causes negative emotions in life, right? Especially anger, right? You know, is, is expectations. And so, you know, one exercise that I do I work with a lot of guys, especially you know guys that are in the the red pill. Unfortunately, like that that kind of red pill community, it has some toxic elements to it in the sense that guys find out the quote nature of women and they get really angry about it. 
And anger comes from, always comes from unmet expectations. And so if you never want to be angry again, there's a real simple cure for it, which is to get rid of expectations. And so when you look at that, what does that mean practically? Well, it's expectations on other people primarily, right? So for example, guys get upset because they have some expectation that this girl is going to behave some certain way or that she's going to like them or she's not going to do this thing. Maybe she's not going to cheat on them or or whatever it is. And even though those things might seem reasonable, they're actually unreasonable because they're outside of your control. Having an expectation on the weather is just as ridiculous as having an expectation on someone else's behavior. Now, you might have a standard and you may not tolerate certain kinds of behavior, but to expect someone to behave or act a certain way is absolutely ridiculous. And so when you let that go and you say, you know what? People are kind of like NPCs. They're, they're running their own script. They're running their own program. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. I don't have control over it. And so I'm going to let go of my expectation. It, instead of uh, requiring people trying to control the circumstances that you can't control and getting upset about it, you just let go of it. You say, I want this thing. I desire this thing, but I have no expectation. It, it either comes or it doesn't. And that you know, applies also not just to dealing with people, but just in life in general. For example, I used to get really angry when I would drive in traffic and the road would be packed. I need to be somewhere. It's supposed to take me 10 minutes, but it's going to take me 30 minutes. I'm going to be late. Uh, you know, I get angry and get this road rage. And then one day, you know, I'm sitting in traffic and I'm thinking, who am I angry at? <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess, I don't know. Like, there's no one to be angry at. So I'm like, isn't this kind of silly? Like to be angry, like, why would I have an expectation that there's not going to be traffic? Why would I have an expectation that things are just going to go my way? And when I let go of that expectation, all of a sudden, all of that anger disappeared, all of that negative emotion. And I just said, well, you know what? If I'm late 20 minutes, it's out of my control. Maybe it could have been in my control before if I would have left earlier. But at this point, sitting here in this car right now, it's out of my control. So there's really no point being upset about it. I might as well just enjoy this extra 20 minutes and listen to an audiobook or sing or <laughs> to a song in the car or just whatever because I can't control it. So letting go of expectations is probably one of the most powerful things that you can do to really improve your quality of life. It's true. It's so true. It's really a practice in itself to get to that point, right? It's like you have to really be mindful of that all the time of not expecting anything. But expectations really do kill it for you. That allows things to, to go wrong. Like I, I even say like hope is another one. Right? Mm-hmm. Hoping or expectations. Like hope is also bad too. Hate that word hope. Don't ever hope for anything. That also leaves things out of your control too. You know, there's no such there shouldn't be a, a thing called hope. It's I'm gonna do the best thing that I can and we'll see what happens, but I'll live in the moment for now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And, you know, even, even just applying it to other people, right? Like if you look at the reverse, when you put expectations on people, you create obligation. And a lot of guys that are in relationships, they screw it up because they have these expectations on their girlfriend or wife. And that looks like obligation on the other side. And it makes it so that it's a chore to do something for you because you have that expectation. It's this implicit contract that says, you know, if I do something for you, Without telling you, I expect you to do something and to read my mind to do it for me. And if you don't, then I'm going to be upset at you. And no one likes to operate out of obligation. And so, a lot of guys, uh, you know, especially nice guys, they screw it up because they have obli- they have these expectations which create obligation. 
which creates this this feeling of of disgust or of you know the opposite of attraction because you're you're wanting someone to do something like everything is is tit for tat. It's like you're only doing things because you want to get something in return. And when you drop that expectation, then people feel like you're genuine, you're authentic, you're doing what you want to do. You're not trying to get something from me. You're not. It's it's that kind of needy behavior that that guys don't even recognize that they're doing. Yep, totally. Awesome, man. Do you have any uh, books you can recommend to guys who are interested in some of the things that you're talking about, stoicism, things like that? Yeah, I would say you know the best thing is to go to the the source, which is and it's it's totally freely available if you just search for Seneca's letters to Lucilius. That is Seneca's letters that he had written to a mentor, a student of his, and it's really good. It's just got really great Stoic wisdom. Uh, if if that's a little hard to tackle. A good entry level book is a book called "The Obstacle Is the Way" by Ryan Holiday. It's one of my favorite books. That was really the book that introduced me to Stoicism. Uh, you know, as far as like psychology and stuff and changing your identity, Psycho Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz is kind of a classic one that that's really useful. And uh, yeah, cool, awesome, very cool. Well, I want to just say thanks for coming on the podcast sharing some of your knowledge. You do have a, a very awesome YouTube channel where you go over all these things. So guys, definitely check out his YouTube channel. And John, is there anything else that you want to tell guys here or where they can find you? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, the best place to find me is just go to bulldogmindset.com. And I actually have a quiz that'll pop up there. It's the bulldog quiz will tell you your score from zero to hundred. There's like 10 questions there. And then I'll tell you what your score is. And then I'll give you some advice on how to improve that score and to develop yourself. So yeah, bulldogmindset.com. Cool. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. Thanks so much, John, for being here and sharing some of your wisdom. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me.